What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is the Four Man Rush. Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy Vio, here with Kevin. Got a man, Will, here, nonchalant, a.k.a. you can't see me, fool, with a will, will, and our man, Jadarius, a.k.a. the college kid, knows his shit, people. So, as you all know, we had a draft, and we're going to talk about said draft. Now, we talked in detail leading up to the draft. Hopefully, you, hopefully you guys were listening to that. Um while the draft was going on or right before the draft, he was like, shit, okay. Either we got who we thought we were going to get or you already knew about the players that we actually got because right? these, these guys have, have laid it out for you. So we're going to talk about that in a little more detail, possibly the schemes that could be involved with the pieces that we have now and all that good shit. So hold on to your hats, folks. Dadgummit. And if you're playing around with that COVID virus, you better stop playing games. But anyway... Kevin, go ahead and start us off, man. Well, let's, let's talk about one Mr. Brown, bad son of a gun. Then uh, we'll go to you, Jadarius, and Will. Um, we'll come to you last, bro. And let's ride. Welcome to the Four Man Rush. Yeah, well, for me, uh, no one could probably be as ecstatic with me. You guys know, you know, in the chats and just our conversations, how much I've been on the Derrick Brown train. I just refuse to get off of it. So, you know, once I saw Detroit hit Okuda, I really got the strong sense that it was going to happen just pretty much based on uh, you know, just based on what the other teams in front of us needed. Um, New York, eh, not really as worried. You know, I know Gettleman loves his hall mollies and stuff, but uh, really once he got past uh, Detroit and and, um, New York, I pretty much knew that Derrick Brown would be sitting waiting right there for us uh, at the number seven pick. Um, Again, I knew it was a chance that Simmons could be involved, but uh-huh. you know, th- but thankfully that streak of not drafting Clemson players remains intact. So, with the seventh pick, the Carolina Panthers did select Derrick Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Uh, anybody that was watching me live know I was celebrating, drinking a bottle of Grey Goose as this happened. Uh, man, what can I say about this kid? I mean, we're talking about someone that's that is just a dominant force on and off the field, which is needed. Um, just from a just from a football standpoint, we're talking about someone that's really able to affect and dominate the game without it being a lot of stats put up. You know, from disrupting blocking schemes, I've yet to really see him get a lot of one on one blocks, even when the play is going away from him. Like he is always the center of attention. Uh, Panthers offense coordinator Joe Brady said he was the number one. Uh, player, they had the game plan for the most at LSU all of last season. Wow! So you know, he said he was more than excited to have finally be on the same sideline uh, with Derrick Brown. Now, as far as the X's O's point of view goes, I like the fact that he can line up at any position on the defensive line. Um, I just like the fact that you know he plays with power, he plays with leverage, uh, he has a hot motor, he 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 goes in hot pursuit. Um, he's just someone that you can tell you get maximum effort and he loves the game. So I'm just really excited that we got him. 
Uh, I can't wait to see how he's going to look with this new uh, Matt Rule slash Phil Snow defense in Carolina. And, you know, with uh, healthy Kawan Short coming back, along with the other picks that we got that we're going to discuss a little bit later on, um, I'm more than happy to, to see a, a, a defense line that we haven't had in quite a while. Amen. Right on, G. This is going to be a nice defensive line. I'm just saying. It's going to be nice. Janarius. It's just, it's a breath of fresh air for me. Because uh, I know it's not necessarily the, the, the most beautiful pick to fans. But um, if you look at how many teams in the NFL are built, they're built inside out. Like the Eagles had Fletcher Cox in the inside dominating. Um, even if you look at the Chiefs, they had Chris Jones in the inside dominating. You need that dominant force inside. And um, linebackers are definitely going to appreciate that. Trust me, this was Shaq Thompson's favorite pick in this whole draft because it means that somebody is not a guard is not going to be in his lap all game, especially when he's playing Mike. Um, Mike. But um, I can see why fans were upset. Um, Isaiah Simmons is not somebody that's common. Well, he's 6'4", 230. Fluid as a DB, big as a linebacker. That's just not, you just don't get that every day. But um, for linebackers to be effective, you have to have defensive linemen that are willing to do the dirty work. And Derrick Brown's middle name is Dirty Work. That's what he does. So um, perfect pick. If I had to grade it, I'll give it an A+. Plus. Perfect pick. Um, good talent. If it's an area of need for us, it's going to make a difference. Right on, man. It's, Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see this man on the field. Will, how do you feel, man? It's a situation where the best player available, you know, corresponds to team need. We needed a defensive tackle, and luckily the best player available on the board when we picked was, you know, the mo- second most dominant defensive player in his draft. So I think personally it's that it's a home run pick. You know, I thought it was interesting, you know, Matt Rule did an interview. He said, mentioned that it was possible that the Panthers would trade back if Brown wasn't there. But once he fell, I think they had an um, idea in the back of their head that he was going to go to Detroit. Once Detroit took Okuda, the attorney basically turned the phones off and wasn't accepting any trade back offers. So Derrick Brown just kind of fell into their laps. They had him as a number three player in the draft, which I did as well. Burrow, Chase Young, Derrick Brown, number three. And that just solves a big uh, need for this team. I think he can be the centerpiece, the foundation for you know, a young defense that's going to be on the up and up over the next couple of years. So I'm excited to see him in a Panther uniform, the new number 95. Oh, you think he's going to wear 95 or 5? No, he's officially got the 95 jersey. They uh, released the jersey numbers today. Oh. So he just put a 9 in front of it. And it'll be the new 95. <laughs> Dang, Charles's number. Ooh. Some big shoes, boy. Some big shoes. All right, so the pick that came – after Mr. Brown, actually caught me off guard. I didn't see that shit coming. I did not see that shit coming. Um, can somebody pronounce his name for me? <laughs> it's Yator Gross Models. Wow. All right, so, Kev, tell us about this young man from Penn State. Yeah, well, this young man from Penn State is coming in at six foot five, 267 pounds. Yo! Uh, with... With, uh, as Rule said, with the uh, room to still develop and grow his body out. Uh, we're talking about someone that has exceptional length in his arms. Uh, one thing that stood out, stood out to me on the film work that I've been watching since we drafted him 
because uh, I meant I didn't really do a whole lot on him. I had seen him in some flashes, but uh, pretty much has been watching since we uh, drafted him. I'm impressed with his ability to uh, have various moves to uh, disengage blockers. Uh, he's someone that was very productive, both versus the run and the pass. Um, in three years, he had 36 and a half tackle for losses. Um, he had 18 sacks. Um, and then what I liked is that his numbers went up year by year. So you saw as he got comfortable, he, he continued to uh, produce more. Uh, so this is a player that, unlike other players that we've had at defense in lately, you know, you know, when you had certain players in, it was he was predominantly because he was the pass rushing or at another defense end where, you know, he's primarily just stopped the run. Well, this is going to be a young man that's going to allow us the opportunity uh, to have him on the field on any down. I definitely consider him a three-down uh, player. I just like the fact that, you know, he he just plays with a, a high sense of urgency, but you can, you can tell that he has the tools to be great. Just got to continue to develop them, continue to work with him. Um, I like the fact that he plays with good pad level and he doesn't have any wasted steps. And he seems to have a real high football IQ. I've seen him several times uh, sit in his gap and wait for the play to come back to him and end up getting one of those several tackle for losses by just having discipline, not over pursuing. So I like the fact that, you know, that he not only has the physical tools, but the mental tools to be effective as well. Um, he's just a player that I just really excited to see. He had a mid first round grade by a lot of NFL GMs. So essentially you could look at it if you like, is that we really got two first rounders um, out of this draft or first round grades uh, with the first two selections. Um, I like the fact that he can play not only um, the four three DN, but he can also play inside of the three technique. You know, like we like to use those, what we turn those NASCAR packages where you just get your best pass rushes in and let them use their work. And on the film, again, his his hands are are quick and effective. Where he's it's, it's difficult for offensive linemen to really lock in on him, and he took advantage of that. Uh, I know some of his sacks came by just simply. Um, you know, just chopping the hands for the line before they get on him and did a swing move and bam, he's right on the quarterback. So I like the fact that whether inside or outside, the, the production uh, doesn't fall off. Overall, I think we got a, a, a good player that has to choose to be great. And uh, I, I just see him having a, a bright future here in Carolina. Hmm. Word. Judd, there he is. Uh, I'm gonna call him Lobo. I like that nickname. Lobo, Lobo means uh, Timberwolf. All right. Uh, so I think I, he might be like uh, he might have some Latin roots here. Mm. Um, no clue, but I like. Lobo. I'm gonna stick with Lobo. Lobo. But um, you know, great length. Um, you can see on film that he just has an instinct to get after the pass rusher, mm. and that's gonna uh, that's definitely gonna uh, help our D line. And he has size too, so not only is he going to be able to arrest the passer, but um, as he gets better and he get more experience on obvious rundowns, he won't have to come off the field. So that um, that helps us uh, a ton. Mm. But um, like Kim was saying, like position flexibility. Like if you were to run a stunt with uh, with Lobo and somebody from the interior, you're not losing a lot. Like when you when we lost when you stunt with like say Mario Addison or O'Brien Burns and now they're going against the guard and now they have to win with quickness but Lobo can beat you with quickness power um, he has a deadly chop 
Um, he's just going to get out of the passer, so it's going to help our defensive line a lot. Word. Yeah, I, I saw some of his, some of his tape um, from um, last year. Well, I should say his highlight reels. But like you mentioned, I was studying his hands, man. It, oof. Well, he chops the shit out of people, man. It's ridiculous. Will, how you feel about Lobo? And this one was interesting. He wasn't really on my radar because I didn't think there was a possibility that he could fall to 38. <laughs> so I think a lot of people um, was assuming that we were going to take a cornerback at 38. And then we're in a group chat. And we're talking about, you know, who we're going to possibly pick uh, day at pick 38. And I said, um... I said, uh, are y'all happy with our defensive end rotation? You got uh, Weatherly, you got uh, Haynes, you got Obata. And they said, man, I'm kind of iffy there. I said, how would y'all feel if we took your tour gross models at 38? Nobody had a problem with it and shown up. (laughs) A couple hours later, that was the guy that we picked at 38. So it kind of crossed my mind last minute when he was still on the board at 38. Now, Matt Wu made an interesting point. He's going to be the strong side edge along with Weatherly. You know, these are the bigger guys. Mm-hmm. You know, take on the um, – set the edge against the run play. So, I guess Brian Burns, Haynes, those guys will be your weak side edge in this mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's – I think with him, you know, he can use more polishing as a pass rusher. I think he'll evolve in that role. He has a lot of room to grow as a run defender as well. But I think with Matt Wu, it's about traits. He has elite length, elite explosiveness. You know, his broad jump, vertical jump, very impressive for a guy his size. I think he's 80th percentile in a lot of his testing metrics. Mm. I think he's ran a 4-5, I want to say, at Penn State. So it's probably like be a 4-6, 4-7 hand clock. So I mean, he just has an elite athletic profile. You know, we've already talked about his skill set as a rusher. You know, potential to be a solid edge setter as that strong side edge. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a good pick. You know, it'll be a good camp battle to see who seals up that strong side edge position between him and Weatherly, you know, assuming we get the training camp starting on time pretty soon. So, I think this is another um, A-plus pick considering the value in which we got the player at. I think we got a mid-first, late-first type value pick at 38 in the second round. Wow. And my understanding, I think Hurley actually wanted to trade back into the – Use that extra fifth pick, fifth round pick to trade back into the first round, but couldn't get any offers to go get him. Because I think once he passes a certain point on the board, you know, it becomes a value pick and you get a fifth year option with him. So mm-hmm. luckily, we're still able to get him at 38. And I think it, you know, makes a weakness of the team going into the draft potentially a strength over the next couple of years as these guys develop and become better professionals. Word. Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic, man. I, I'm optimistic for sure, for sure. Uh, that basically got two first rounders on uh, in in two days. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that that is a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. Um, so next, my favorite pick, I'd like to say, because everybody was bitching about Simmons. <laughs> my favorite pick. <laughs> oh, sweet chin music. This young man, I, hey, I, this kid can play. Uh, I like this pick, man. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, I definitely like this pick. This was uh, this was someone that we began to take notice in in uh, late January, as far as conversations 
uh, about safeties because at the time, you know, we hadn't re-signed Trey Boston or anybody, and we was just looking over like, uh, yeah, we're going to have to get some safety depth here. So uh, Jeremy Chen is definitely a player that when you really talk about <laughs> a, an enforcer in the secondary, this guy this guy has enforcer written all over him in multiple languages. Like we're talking 6'3", 220 pounds, uh, ran a 4.4540, uh, extremely athletic. Uh, we even posted in the four-man rush a side-by-side athletic chart with him and Isaiah Simmons, and you literally couldn't really tell them apart, you know. Um, you know, I think Simmons ran like a 4.39. So, I mean, we're talking about a, a, a six hundredth of a uh, of a difference as far as like you know the infamous forty time speed that so many people like to like to go by. But overall, I just you know, like you said, sweet chin music. I actually uh, he actually put up a tweet yesterday asking for nicknames. And that's that was the one that I gave him. So uh, I, I put a Shawn Michaels gif up underneath it just in case some of them young ones didn't know what Sweet Chin music was. You know, it's old wrestling heads. Uh, we know all about uh, we know all about that Sweet Chin music, and uh, that's what it is. Because when you watch Jeremy Chin on film, it's like he's a, a ball hawk and hit stick. I like the fact that he, you know, can blitz. He can play the run. Uh, he can you know recognize uh, you know route patterns. Uh, he can play the ball deep. As well, um, he had like 13 interceptions, 31 pass breakups. You know, we're talking about a kid that uh, was wasn't even you know widely you know sought after heading into college. If, if I'm not mistaken, I think Southern Illinois was probably one of out of two schools that uh, that offered him offered him a scholarship. So you know, he went in very humble, and and in the four years there, he came out and just really you know established himself as as the new breed of uh, you know, defensive backs in the NFL. We're talking about someone that can play either safety spot, can play big nickel, uh, can play you know linebacker in certain sub packages. Uh, but overall, um, I like I like Jeremy Chen. I think he's going to be, even though Derrick Brown was the pick I wanted the most, but I think Chen is going to be that that player that you know that's going to really you know do a lot of highlight stuff. That's going to make Panther fans like really, really, truly be in love with his play. So I'm definitely excited about. You know, getting us some sweet chin music down here in the in the Bible Belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, Jadarius. Now you've been talking about chin for a while, ain't? Yeah, um, you look for guys that um that have the size. You look for guys that can move. And a lot of times, some of those guys will come from smaller schools, but uh, how you cover ground will translate in the NFL. Whether that's DB, wide receiver, running back. Um, you cover ground or you eat up ground um, and you know what you're doing, that's going to translate, period. Uh, who you play against is really, it matters, but it doesn't matter in the sense that you're not the only person out there. It's a 11-man game. So um, a lot of a lot of scouts will be like, oh, he played against bad competition. What did he do in between the white lines? Was he eating up, eating up space? And Jeremy Chen is actually really, really good at eating up space and closing and uh, recovering. And you'll see guys that are, that have the track speed but don't have the recovery speed. Mm. And you'll see guys that run a little bit slower but actually recover really, really well. Like look at Josh Norman. Josh Norman ran what four six 
mid four six. Mm-hmm. But um, on the field, even if he's stacked, he has the ability to to um, make plays with his length. So it's always about how you make up for that. And, um, Jeremy Chen really goes along with the the, um, the kind of theme here in draft picks, which is like we want position flexibility. So now we have somebody that can run like a DB and hit like a linebacker without taking a, a first round pick on him. And now we got all of a sudden we got three starters day one possibly that can all do something a little bit different and mix it up should we need it. Um, so it, it makes a ton of sense. And if I had to give this pick a grade, it's an A plus two. Um, day one, uh, day one, Jeremy Chin is the best DB in Carolina. Wow! Oh, you heard it first. Day one, Chin is the best DB on Carolina Panther football team. Well. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that. And I can see that, too. Because that man, ooh. Anyway, Will, how you feel about Mr. Chen? This was a home run pick. I feel really feel like Matt Rule was playing chess. You know, he's saying, why? How about instead of taking Simmons at seven, I can get an elite blue chip defensive tackle prospect, the guy that was third on my board, and maybe later in the draft, a guy like Willie Gay Jr., a versatile guy, Kyle Duggar. Or a Jeremy Chen will fall to me later rounds. And sure enough, you know, Jeremy Chen just kept falling down the boards and Herney used that Kyle Allen pick to trade up and go get him. I think it really fills a need and adds a lot of versatility and flexibility to our defense in a similar way that drafting Simmons would have as well. I think the difference primarily why Simmons is a better prospect, you just think he's more instinctive, you know, better football IQ, you know, recognizing, you know, Blocking schemes, playing in the box, you know, records and route combinations, making reads, things like that. And then just in the level of competition, you know, plumbing from a small school like that, you have questions about competition. But he did have a chance to play against the D1 guys at the senior bowl, and he held his own and really boosted his draft stock. So, you know, I'm really excited about the pick. Just look at the different positions he played, you know, as a prospect. I'm not projecting that he'll be this at the next level, but – Harrison Smith of the Minnesota Vikings comes to mind. You know, Harrison Smith has a, can play single high safety. He has the range to cover sideline to sideline. He can walk into the box and be an enforcer, you know, take on blocks, contain the edge, play the run very well, great tackler, very physical player. You know, the people don't want to come across the middle against him. You know, he can play in the box, take on, you know, fullbacks, take on blocks and make tackles like that. So I just think coming out as a prospect, you know, guy like, Harrison Smith, you know, coming out of Notre Dame, I think they're very similar in that regard. And I think with him, he can play corner as well, which is surprising for a guy with that size and athletic profile. You know, the way he can transition from back pedal to sprint cover, maybe tight ends and bats coming out of the backfield. You know, look at our division. We got to deal with Gronk now. I mean, if O.J. Howard don't get traded, that's Gronk and O.J. Howard we got to deal with in Tampa. Mm. So somebody's got to cover you know, those athletic weapons like that that can line up outside or play tight end. You got Alvin Kamara in New Orleans we got to deal with. So there's all these different weapons. I think the Falcons just traded for Hayden Hurst, who's a pretty good receiving tight end. So I just think Jeremy Chin allows us flexibility to match up with those guys. I see him as – I see them running a three-safety-based defense. He'll be like the nickel Sam. You'll see Shaq Whitehead. And Jeremy Chin is kind of like your hybrid linebacker slash safety slash nickel corner. So he'll allow you to stay in base defense to maintain that run support 
while, you know, having more athleticism and speed to be able to cover than, you know, if somebody like Jermaine Carter was in there as Sam linebacker. So I, this was just a great pick to me. I think great value in the third round. You know, we missed out on Simmons, but we were able to get another athletic guy, elite athletic profile, versatile athlete to add to the defense as well. Yeah, I was I was a little skeptical at first because I, I was like, okay, what, what are we going to do here? Man, that, yeah, I agree. I, obviously, I agree with you guys. Yeah, Jim was Jim was a great pick. It was a great pick. Um, sorry, Clemson fans. <laughs> we got Simmons light, but this kid can play. This kid can play. Um, now, Troy Pride uh, Jr. out of Notre Dame. Um, I haven't heard too much about this kid. Um, quite honestly, I haven't seen anything on this kid. So if you guys could please educate me and the listeners on this uh, gentleman we got on the uh, fourth round. Kevin? Yeah, well, for me, this would be um, another homecoming. Um, Troy Pride who went to Notre Dame. He's actually from the Greer, South Carolina area. Oh. I think one of the nicest things I saw over the weekend was that everybody in his hometown uh, lined up and drove past the family home and celebrated him like in a parade style. It was just like cars after cars after cars just congratulating him and him and his family was out in the front yard. You know, Troy was getting his little, you know, dance on. It was good to see stuff like that. Uh, but as far as the uh, X's and O's part of it, uh, again, we're talking about someone that definitely fits the athletic profile that uh, that Matt Rule is pretty much setting as uh, the precedent as what he wants in his players. Um, he has very, you know, very good overall athleticism, and he, he got like four four speed. Uh, he's got long, long arms. Uh, reminds me a lot of um, Josh Norman in that department, and uh, you know, press man seems to be uh, what he does the best. Uh, best at. Uh, the only thing that we discovered here, and I can let Jadaris go into depth because I know how much he uh, <laughs> paid attention, was seems like Troy Pride got the uh, the infamous Bradbury syndrome. Well, all he needs to do is turn that damn head around <laughs> and intercept the ball. Uh, but outside of that, um, you know, I just see someone that can really just, you know, be developed and groomed into a very um, solid outside cornerback for us as well. I'll be honest, I, I didn't really, he wasn't someone really on my radar either. Um, but overall, based on what I what I read and what I was able to look up uh, prior to coming on, um, he seemed like a player that's that has the tools. He just got to get the good coaching. And and uh, I think he's going to be someone that can be a, a nice surprise for us, particularly uh, with a depleted corner cornerback position that we uh have been in so uh Troy Pride Jr you know welcome to the welcome back welcome home and uh you know when uh when Ron decide to get the hell up out of here we look forward to getting you out here and getting you coached up and see what you can do right on Janae what's up uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even know where to start bro. uh oh because First of all, it's, it's a given fact that you know you need to be able to move to play corner. Like, first of all, that that's a given. Like, you you supposed to be able to flip hips and all that good stuff. You supposed to be able to run fast. Like, there's guys out here that will take your head off going by. Tyreek Hill is fast, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you can't be out here slow poking around. 
Nah, Dalton. <laughs> you, you can't be out here slow poking around, whirly. Oh no! Like, you got to be able to move. Like so, so from that, from that, from that perspective, I get it. He's no, he's no slouch. He's he's athletic. Like he ran four fourth, but on his best day, he probably a four three guy. Like he can move. Mm-hmm. Even his track numbers are blazing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, even vertically, like sometimes you'll see the track guys run super fast but not drop, jump super high. He, he almost had a forty inch vertical. Dang. So it's not like he's like he's an all around athlete. He's pretty good at, mm-hmm. at being an athlete. But I need him to. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like, I've never seen somebody be so in position and then be so out of position. Oh no! Like if oh, it's no. in front of him, if it's a slant. If it's an in route, he on that. He on all that. But if if he got to turn and run, he can run. But the turning part gets him a little stuck. Oh, like he'll see, he'll feel the receiver looking back for the ball. Mm. It's like he gets anxious. I mean, he's he sometimes he'll hold. Sometimes he'll just flail his arms up. I mean, a deflection is deflection. I'm cool with that. But you could have had a pick, bro. Right. Like. You right there, like that's why I'm so frustrated because he has the tools and he's in position, and most of the time, mm. all he has to do is get the head around, mm. and that's the difference between being a fourth round pick and being an early day two guy. So, um, yeah, the corner is pretty prevalent at this point. To, to be real, let's be honest, like we don't have many people there. So if he can figure that out early on, then I'm with. I'll buy his jersey, but for right now, nah, I ain't really with it. You got to show. He got some showing to do. Damn. I mean, what's so hard about turning anyway? Well. Yeah, you know, you talk about uh, best player available. I think this was a case of healthiest corner available. I think there were better players on the board like Bryce Hall from Virginia and Amik Robertson from Louisiana Tech. Both of them had injury issues. And I think on top of that, Matt Rule said something when he first got the job about his method of scouting prospects is he looks for specific traits in a prospect, not necessarily, you know, a polished skill set. And that's how he bought players in at Baylor and bought players in at Temple. You know, he says, give me elite athletic traits and our coaching staff can develop the rest. And I think that was the case here. They took a healthier corner that had an elite athletic profile. I mean, he's a blazer. I mean, he ran a 10 sub 10, I think he ran a 10, 500 meters. A 21-6, 200 meters. God. Like a slow six and a 60-yard dash. And a um, 4-4. Oh, that triangle time 40. So, I mean, he can scoop. I just think it's a matter of, you know, the playing football part. You know, the can you backpedal, transition to a sprint, you know, come out of your breaks and make plays on the underneath routes, you know, read route concepts. All that stuff is a work in process. But I think, you know, so I'm not really going to get into you know, what he needs to work on. He is a fourth-round pick after all. I mean, guys are typically underdeveloped this late in the draft. But I just think Matt Rule saw the traits, the upside, and said, you know, I'm willing to work with this because he's a high-ceiling player given his athletic profile. Hmm. Yeah, Rule and his team, got a, they got a great eye for talent. That's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. I mean, judging from this draft, man, I, I – I think my trust for the for Rule and his crew has has grown quite a bit. I would definitely say that. Even even though this uh, this young man, you know, 
doesn't want to <laughs> doesn't want to turn his damn head around to get that rock, son. That'll that'll get you paid in the league. But um, you know, anyway, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a lot of uh, a lot a lot of uh, um, confidence in this squad. I just want to see him on the field, man. Now again, folks, I'm confident in the picks. Putting that shit together on the field and getting stuff done on a consistent basis, that's a whole nother game. But, yeah, yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, So, who do we get in the fifth round? Oh, another safety. Kenny uh, Robinson, right? So, who the hell is Kenny Robinson? <laughs> Kevin. Well, Kenny Robinson Jr. is actually a former teammate of Panthers quarterback Will Greer. They both were, uh, they both are West Virginia alumni. Uh, this is a player that was, if I'm not mistaken, first team All Big Twelve in 2017, 2018. Um, got into a, a academic situation uh, where he no longer uh, could be at the university, so he decided to take his talents to the SFL and. He pretty much picked up where right where he left off was a defensive standout in the XFL, and with the agreement that was in place, uh, even though he played in the XFL, that uh, where he could still be drafted. So I just think you know everything that he went through um, helped him to mature and develop, and it ended up him being it ended up allowing him to be drafted um, in the fifth round by the Carolina Panthers. As far as the player that we're getting here, uh, from, and I've really been like watching him because I really. You know, again, this was somebody that I didn't have any inclination about. wasn't somebody I, I can vividly remember mentioning um, throughout these few months leading up to the draft. Uh, but what I see is someone that's instinctive. Uh, something we had in a while is a is a ball hawking safety. Someone that can really, you know, get their hands on up on the deep passes and intermediate passes, and someone that seems to um, just make it hard to get passes completed on. Uh, his last season um, at West Virginia, uh, when targeted, quarterbacks only completed 30, 36% of their passes against the receiver that he was covering. Uh, so that's something that is, you know, positive to build upon. Uh, he can also play in the run as well. He's someone that overall, I just I just see someone that loves the game of football and has a passion and he's someone that's going to make an impact. I know a lot of fans were questioning, well, why we get another safety? You know, we done re-signed Trey Boston. We brought in uh, safety Justin Burris from Cleveland. We we drafted Chen in the second round. Why we get another safety? Well, you know, for those who don't know, uh, Phil Snow, our defense, the Panthers' defense coordinator, uh, he likes to use a lot of three safety personnel uh, packages that he likes to put out on the field. And, you know, you got to have that quality depth. That's something that a lot of fans – I think don't understand how valuable that is, is that, yes, yeah, good when you have two good starters, but you always want to play away from uh, from one of them being injured. And even if they're not injured, you know, Phil Snow and Matt Rule like to rotate their players. That was one of the things that, uh, um, that other players had mentioned uh, about Matt Rule is that even if you're playing good, they, they still going to rotate to keep fresh bodies out on the field. So I have no problem with us now being – uh, four players deep at the safety position um, with with talent that can definitely um, impact on the field. So um, a lot of people think that this was a steal for Carolina. 
based on the uh, the post draft uh, reports, uh, they felt like some teams were kind of scared off by you know what happened at West Virginia as uh, option. But uh, Matt Rule said that they spoke to not only West Virginia, they spoke to his high school coach, they spoke to coaches at the XFL, and they all had nothing but positive, great things to say about the kid. So. Um, Definitely, when you give him a second chance to make the most of it, it's definitely a good thing to be rewarded. So I'm glad that he's uh, here in Carolina. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Jadarius, how do you feel about him? Um, another breath of fresh air. And the reason I say that is because with this pick, I feel like we finally put the Rivera era behind us because Rivera neglected safety for a long time. Oh, boy, did he? Amen. You think about it, we – at one point, we had I had Kai Nuka starting as a safety force. Like ridiculous. Like yeah, you don't even know who he is. That's how ridiculous it is. But uh, also had a guy like uh, what's his name, Haruki Nakamura. Like I just I just thought about like all the bad safeties. Yeah, man. And I was like, yo, Trenton Des, like 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 wow, Trent they cool, something like that. That dude from the Falcons. <laughs> Um, you talking about that guy we got from the Ravens? Man, yeah, he sabotaged us, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking on that one. I, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Don't forget Deku from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, bro. We had, bro. We had <laughs> years. Years. This was definitely something a breath of fresh air. Um, like like um, Kim was saying, uh, he's a ball hawk. So for me. Personally, two interceptions is like you're 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 breaking even for a safety. This man had nine interceptions in three years, so he's he's trending over um, what the average is. Then partner that with nine more pass deflections, so he's getting his hands on the rock. Whether that's at um, so his first year he had what three interceptions at West Virginia, second year four, and then in the XFL he had two. So. It's telling me he's covering ground well. If you go look at the film, you'll see he's covering ground well. He's going to be like a free safety. He's going to be like two free safeties. So mm-hmm. Maybe he flicks over to strong if, if need be. But, um, I think his best role will be free safety. So he'll probably be backup free safety behind Trey. Um, solid player, um, good character, even though he made mistakes in the past. Uh, I really like the letter he wrote. He took responsibility, full responsibility. That's a man's man to me. Take responsibility when you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. So good pick, good good pick in a good uh, in an area of uh, need for like depth and competition. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he'll get going here soon. Get some um, get some interceptions for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like I like his uh, his upside, man. He sounds like I mean, if you go back that far and everybody's saying they like that kid, man. Just uh, despite what happened in West Virginia, granted we don't know the absolute details, but you know it's not like, not like he's getting arrested for dumb stuff. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, ho- hopefully he'll he can grow here. Will, how you feel about Mr. Robinson? Yeah, he wasn't really on my radar in the pre-draft process either. When we had a chance to watch some film against Oklahoma. And, I mean, this was an explosive offense they were playing. You had Kyler Murray, you had CeeDee Lamb, first-round pick, and Hollywood Brown, first-round pick. And it's like a 62-59 to 59 game between Oklahoma and West Virginia. I mean, he hung in there. I mean, he, I mean, he took a few jabs to the face, a few right hooks, but, you know, he had a short memory on a red zone 
opportunity came up. He was right there to make a play and got an interception during the game. You know, he was coming up making tackles. I mean, limiting yards after the catch. You know, he missed some too. I mean, C.D. Lamb and Hollywood Brown will do that to you, but he looked like he belonged against those, you know, elite receiver talents that are going to have great careers in the NFL. So, you know, if that's the worst we'll see him, you know, I mean, that's the reflection of what we'll see at the next level. You know, I think we, he can possibly be a steal. I think he's a true free safety. He's got very good ball skills, can play center field, cover sideline and sideline. And we saw that in the XFL. You know, he made a lot of plays on the ball. That's what I noticed in the Oklahoma game, too. He didn't always make the play, but he was always around the ball, you know, and making the right read. So, you know, I just think just adding that safety depth was important. Remember, we lost Colin Jones, who's been the backup free safety slash special team superstar for the last several years. So mm. now you got a nice little four safety rotation going on. So I think we're finally can be optimistic about that position group, which hadn't been the case in a long time. Mm. Nothing wrong with depth and competition, folks. Nothing wrong with it. All right. So we had we got Mr. Robinson. We got Pride Jr., Chen, Lobo, Derek Brown. Now we want to finish it off at the six. Well, I'll not finish it off, but close to finish. Um Mr. Uh, Mr. Roy, Bravion. Now, this kid's uh, somewhat of an athlete, folks. Uh, Will, uh, not Will, sorry. Kevin, how do you, uh, how's this man stand out to you? Well, one thing about selecting this man that stood out for me is that, you know, when we did our four-man rush mock draft on the last podcast, uh, I was able to nail down both defense linemen, him and Derrick Brown. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely feel good about it. Um, he got those, someone that he got those receipts. Uh, what you say, Tim? He got those receipts. Oh yeah, yes sir. You know, you know I, I ain't not sure I got them papers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but overall, though, man, um, I was ecstatic. I think this was the best pick on day three for the Panthers. Uh, we're talking about you know a player that's six foot one, three hundred thirty-seven pounds. Uh, even though he wasn't invited to the combine to show off his athletic ability. But if you are to take the word of his coach, who had him at Baylor for three years, uh, Matt Rule, um, he's very athletic. It shows up in his fam a lot. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people will be like, well, he's only six foot one. Well, when you line up in the trenches, you know, if you know what you're doing, you can use that to your advantage and get that leverage and get up underneath those big offensive linemen that's six five. 6'6", six, six, that's hunkering down, you know, you're low to the ground, and you can get up on them, you know, quicker because you already got the leverage advantage. So, you know, that's where you got to, you know, think beyond the uh, initial numbers to see the impact. Uh, but overall, you know, we're talking about a guy that, <laughs> you know, ran a full nine at that size as well. I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of man moving, you know, moving quick. So, again, even at 337 pounds, you know, Matt Rule is still able to get someone with some top-notch speed and athleticism, even on the defensive line. Uh, what I like about him is his ability to play um, the nose position. He can play the zero technique in a 30 front. Uh, he can also play uh, some three technique as well. Uh, Marty Herner had mentioned when he went to uh, Senior Bowl that he really stood out to him. And he called Matt Rule and, and told him, like, Yo, you know, your boy Roy, he really uh, out here putting in work. So uh, I think that's when he initially got on the Panthers uh, radar, at least in the eyes of um, Herney, uh, because Matt Rue said that uh, he didn't need to talk to any of his players he coached because he already knows 
what he's getting with him. Uh, but overall, I just like the fact that him, along with Derek Brown, um, along with uh, Zach Kerr, along with uh, Kawan Short, um, I just think that we're going, we we finally have a defensive tackle rotation that is not only uh, effective but versatile as well. You know, you can't really just peg, you know, any of our defensive tackles say they can only play at one position, and I like that. So, you know, when um, Braylon Roy was doing this Zoom interview after getting drafted, he already said that uh, he's looking forward to working with Dare Brown, and uh, he said it's going to be a lot of trouble for, for teams we play against. So I like his confidence. I like his, um, his playmaking ability. I like his athleticism, and uh, I think he's definitely – definitely going to be someone that's that fans are are going to know about uh, for years to come hmm. Hmm. so he's going to be trouble trouble <laughs> jd what's the deal how you feel about mr brevion honestly this is one of my favorite uh my favorite day three picks ever wow just because just because of the athletic profile, not only that, but you're also getting somebody that could be an impact uh, in in rotation. If, you, if you're getting that on day three, no matter if it's the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, if you get that in UDFA, period, like somebody that could be an impact day one in the, in the rotation, especially at D-tackle, where D-tackle, the third D-tackle off the bench is every bit as important as the first two. Um, your D tackles are not going to play. Like you want to make sure that they have they they have somebody that can spell them, and you're not losing control of the the gaps. Um, he's perfect for that, um, and I think his pass rush is underrated. Um, a lot of things, a lot of times, people neglect pass rush if you don't get home. But um, what he does well, extremely well, and what Brown does extremely well, that went under the radar is they push the pocket from the interior. And um, on the defense like ours, now look, we got young dogs on the outside. We got Lobo. We got Burns. So we push the interior, and the edges are doing what their job, and they're beating their guy one-on-one. It's a sack. So um, it's a it's a, it's a a home-run pick, especially this late. Normally, um, your sixth and seventh-round picks are guys that are going to be projects. But I think um, with boys, uh, with his stature, with his power and his caliber of an athlete, I think his traits are gonna gonna transfer over a little sooner than people expect. You're here. I feel you, man. Will, how you feel about Mr. Roy? Yeah, this is a great uh round six pick. I think um I expected to come out of this draft with either James Lynch or Bravion Roy from Baylor. So I guess Roy was uh more fit the value of the pick. I should I say his winch would have been a reach a little bit earlier if we would have took him instead. But I watched, I was studying Phil Snow's defense and just Bravion Roy stood out. I think I was watching the Kansas game when he's relentless. He was constantly in the backfield getting quarterback pressures. I mean, he's stout against the run. I mean, Baylor, you got to remember Baylor in the Big 12 ran a lot of three man fronts and they only rushed three and dropped eight. And they were still getting pressure by only rushing three. Mm. So you got three defensive linemen against five blockers. And Bravion Roy was still getting pressure and still was one of the most effective interior defensive linemen in terms of pass rush win rate. So, I mean, he, he I mean, him and James Lynch on that interior line at Baylor were just doing a great job of being able to 
accept that challenge of rushing three and getting three-man pressures, and they were just so effective in doing so. I think he's a good pick in day three because of the his um, role in the defensive line rotation. You got to remember defensive linemen are one of the position groups that you're not going to play 100% of the snaps. You know, your starting rotation maybe get 60 65%. So you need a quality second line rotation that can take that additional 35 40% of the snaps. So I think with Bravion, Roy, Zach Kerr, you know, the two edge rushers, depending on how that camp battle plays out, you'll have two quality defensive line rotations. The question is why, you know, some will ask, why did he fall to the sixth round? I just think his length, hand size, and physical traits weren't that attractive to teams. He um, was at the Shrine Bowl. He balled out. That's where Marty Herney first learned about him, you know, called up Matt Rule, and they were um, on the same page from there that this guy's a baller and he can uh, play as he was balling out there in practice that week. But then I thought he was snubbed because he didn't get invited to the combine. And I think that was one of the bigger combine snubs considering how productive he was throughout the season. Mm. So he didn't get to work out at the combine. And then with this COVID situation, he never really was able to have a pro day. So we never really got to see his athletic profile on paper. Mm. And then Matt Rule comes out and says he probably would have ran a 4 8 4 9 at the combine. So imagine what that would have did for his draft style. We might not even be able to give him, get him in the sixth round mm. if he was able to test and show scouts and, just, and football executives how athletic he is for that size. Mm. So overall, I think this could be, you know, one of the better day three picks we've had in a while. I think he'll be an immediate guy that can come in and crack that starting or to crack that second string D-line rotation and play a significant number of snaps right off the bat. Right on, man. Good pick, coach. Good pick. Love it, man. Love it. Yeah, this rotation is going to be nasty. They're going to be young, too, man. Good Lord of mercy. Woo! Oh, man. All right. Damn it, COVID. You got to go to hell on somewhere. <laughs> you got to go to hell on. Let's get this season going. All right, so, and in the uh, seventh round pick, we're going to round this up with a, another corner pick, uh, a uh, Stanley Thomas Oliver the third. Uh, Kevin, would you like to tell us about Mr. Oliver? Yeah, sure. With, uh, uh, with excuse me, with Mr. Uh, Stanley, uh, he, he always say he wants to be called Stan, you know, just go ahead and short it. So okay. I'm going to respect the man wishing. So with Stan here, uh, we're talking about a cornerback that was six foot, 192 pounds, uh, four-year player at uh, Florida International. Uh, I believe that's a school where our very own Will at the grad school. You. So shout out to alumni coming home to the four-man rush per se. If I you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what you're talking about here is a is a guy that you know when he went to school he came in as a highly uh, touted wide receiver and his first two years, that's what he played. Uh, he made all conference USA as a freshman. Hmm. Um, you know, here as well. So he's definitely is a playmaker and just one day in practice, you know, just playing around, uh, you know, doing DB drills. Um, you know, he made enough pressure for the coach to be like, Hey, um, you want to switch? Hmm. All right. Sure. Okay. Coach. All right. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> Uh, when he did that, um, he made honorable mention again on the all-conference team um, as well. So you're talking about a, a guy that's, uh, again, a, another athlete, someone that's fast, got quickness. Uh, now playing cornerback only two years, he is raw 
with the uh, cornerback, you know, nuances that needs to be done. And I can let, you know, uh, uh, Jadarius and Will elaborate more on that because they're more um, in tune to that aspect of it. Uh, but what I see here is a, is a guy that potentially, uh, you know, in a couple of years could be someone that could be a solid surprise for us. Uh, I was up late Sunday night watching some film on him because of all the players we got. This was a guy that I knew the least on. And when I watched him, honestly, he reminded me uh, like a combination of Captain Munnellin and Josh Norman um, when they first came out there, uh, rookie years, uh, respectively, in 2009 for Munnellin uh, for Munnellin and 2012 for uh, Josh Norman. Again, I'm seeing someone with long arms. Uh, the fact that he played wide receiver, he really understands the route tree that these wide receivers are running. And you can tell that, you know, he's, you know, able to put himself in a great position uh, to make, you know, plays on the ball. So uh, he's raw right now. Uh, he said he's looking forward to contributing as a special team player. But, you know, with the depth that we got at cornerback, um, I hope this young man goes out there with opportunity to get a starting a starting position on the team um, as well. You know, don't sell yourself short. Um, you know, just because you are, you're a seventh rounder. So, uh, the, uh, because, uh, I couldn't tell you three other good cornerbacks outside of Dante Jackson that we currently have on this team right now. <laughs> so, um, Hey, young man, by all means go get it all, you know? And, uh, I just like the fact that, you know, he's, uh, he's someone that's got a little bit of swag to him. Um, someone that's going to be very confident in his abilities and he recognizes that he needs to further develop. So he's committed to it. Uh, I just think that he's going to be someone that in, in a couple of years, uh, we're going to be looking back and be like, you know, I ain't think much about him when we dropped him, but, uh, you know, that boy, all right. So that's how I feel about uh, uh, Stan. Mm-hmm. Stan the man. Jadarius. Um, it's, it's a bad summer round pick. You're not expecting a lot from the seventh round pick. Um, this is the route you could normally go in. So... You're not expecting to get too much of production out of him. But um, I looked at his film, and he, he did, um, Kevin did say Kevin, um, Josh Norman, and I, I can see it. Not just for the dreads, he's he's really lanky. Um, I think he moves better in a, in a straight line than Josh does. Uh, it looks like at the combine he ran just under 4.5. So he's he, he's got some movement skills, and that's going to help him um, at the next level. Um, good broad jump, almost 130. Mm. Um, so not too terrible. It's pretty explosive mm. um, for a late round guy. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for being able to move. Are you explosive? Um, on film, he you can tell that he understands what he's seeing from receivers, and you can tell that he kind of he has a he has instincts to know like, all right, if this is a stick, then there's probably going to be. Um, if this is a smash concept that we've seen on film, this is probably going to be an outbreaking route. So you can see against Miami, he uh, he breaks on and gets a pass breakup. Um, so if it's in front of him, I trust him a little bit more to make the play, um, which is why I think maybe he'll be good at nickel. Um, maybe they'll switch him from outside the nickel um, just to get him going on that learning curve so he doesn't have to necessarily worry about um, flipping the tips. Because what I noticed when he has to go back a little bit deeper, he gets he gets extremely uh, heavy footed. Hmm. He start he starts to stop out campfires, if you will. So um, something that he can work on is transitioning, and Will will probably expound on that a little bit more. Um, uh, 
uh, I think for instincts, for length, um, and for his movement skills, um, he'll at least be a contributor on special teams. But I w- it wouldn't be surprising to me to see him beat out the likes of Corn Elder and, and the other guys on the roster to get some corner reps. Wow. And that might bring in a dog in. That's for damn sure. Well, wrap up this Stan the Man. Hey, you know, got another FIU Golden Panther in the NFL. So from one Panther to another Panther. FIU? Um, <laughs> you can really see the receiver skills because I mean, he has good ball skills coming out. You know, again, I don't like player comps, but it just reminds like with the way he has ball skills and he's raw coming out. Just You see flashes of, you know, Coastal Carolina version of Josh Norman coming out. Now, I don't say that's what he's going to become. I mean, Josh worked hard, went mm. through the gauntlet, learned the hard way, and became great because of what he did at this level. So he's just going to have to match that work ethic, that tenacity, that mentality, if he's ever going to become a great one like that. But I just think just from the raw traits coming out of school, I mean, he just got good length, a good athletic profile, good ball skills. And I just think he's got a lot of work to do just on technique, you know, making transitions, I mean, you know, breaking on the ball. You know, he gives up a lot of separation on in and out breaking routes. I mean, he has good vertical speed, but you just got to put that, you know, put it on the field. And it's just going to come with experience. He hasn't been playing cornerback that long. So, mm. you know, a seventh round pick, wide receiver convert, you know, what can you really expect out of him? It's just up to the coaching staff to take those traits, develop them and see what he become. But again, you know, Matt Rule talks about I look for traits, not necessarily polished skill sets and prospects coming out, particularly on day three. So I just think, you know, he has a ceiling. If he works hard, continues to evolve as a cornerback, I think he can develop into a quality starter or at a minimum, you know, a rotational player that can contribute on special teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that's another thing, folks. We we need to shore up our special teams, too, because we I mean, we've, we've lost some quality players on special teams, especially on the uh, uh, punt, punt return. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, great job, fellas. Great job. Um, and, and again, folks, if you haven't listened to the uh, previous two or three podcasts prior to this one, obviously, you should check it out. You'd be like, wow. <laughs> These guys were spot on. So, um, any party shots, gentlemen? Troy Pride, do better, bro. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, I don't hate. I don't hate Troy Pride. I think it'd be great. I just want to put that out there before y'all uh, slander me on Twitter. <laughs> Twitterverse will destroy you. <laughs> Die. Kev, you gonna say something? Yeah, I just said that. Um, you know, I hope that our fans, you know, continue to support us and uh, as we continue to, you know, get film time to watch these players, uh, you know, making the most of this uh, this additional time that Rona has provided us. You know, we're looking forward to, you know, dropping some content to to really show you why these players are going to, you know, give Panther fans hope of a defense that has uh, been totally revamped. Uh, so we hope we look forward to uh, dropping the content. Um Coming soon, and uh, we got a few more surprises in store with the four man rush, but we'll we'll speak on that uh at a, at a near in a near date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have concluded another 
podcast, number 56 to be uh, to be exact, of the four-man rush. Carolina Panthers number one podcast. I don't care what anybody say. Run tell that. Um, so I hope you guys have really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, on behalf of myself and Kevin and and uh, uh, Will and Jadarius and Larry and Gennardo and Vance and um, missing somebody, Monty and um, my man Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh man! Um, thanks, thanks uh, to to you all for, uh, as Kevin mentioned, uh, following the Four Members Podcast. Um, whether you listen to this podcast in the morning, afternoon, or evening, um, please take care of yourself. Um, wash your hands, keep your hands away from your face, wear a mask if you're going out, um, you know, and um, like, like like I said last time, guys, you know, we really like to see you at the stadium, at the game when this is all over, you know. Um, enjoying this Panther football franchise going forward, it should be a little bit easier because I, I really see a trend starting. And you can look at the draft and, and, and make that assessment. Really see a trend coming here, and um, and it spells defense. And you know what they say about defense. <laughs> All right, so you guys enjoy your morning, afternoon, or evening, um, and make sure you uh, check out Kevin on Facebook Live um, every Tuesday evening uh, after we finish uh, wrapping up here on the podcast, and he'll give you a nice breakdown in case you uh, didn't get to catch the IG Live. Um, um, before we start recording. So, always great information for you guys, man. That's what we're here for. So, again, enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. And as always, keep pounding. Clear. Hey. Yes, sir. Good job, fellas. Good job, Jaday. Hello. Now, what are we going to talk about? Oh. The Four Men Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.